morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and today I'm joined by some very special co-hosts. We have the joyful Jackie, but we're still working on a nickname, Mario, the node defender, and we have the pleasure of bringing our viewers a passive income enthusiast that likes to lift weights and deep dive on valuable crypto content. Showtime, welcome to the platform. We're very excited to have you. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be, discuss we will be discussing Biden giving guidance on a US CBDC, billionaires publicly adopting crypto vehicles, inflation runs rampant as commodity prices continue to soar, and Ripple versus the SEC possible resolution by April. Our show is now available on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. at the 3T Warrior Academy. But before we dive into all these topics for the day, I'd love to give everyone a chance to introduce themselves. So we'll start with the Node Defender. Good morning, Mario. I'm happy to have you. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Excited. It's an exciting, another exciting day in the crypto world. We've got a lot of great topics and it's, it's a real pleasure to have Showtime with us today to share some of his opinions. Yes, it's going to be a great episode and Showtime is very familiar when it comes to passive income staking and just total crypto opportunities. So we're going to deep dive and pick his brain today. But before we do that, let's go to Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? Good morning. Very I'm excited glad. to have you. Happy to be back after you guys kicked me off. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> well, we couldn't have you back until we decided on a nickname. So once we decide on a nickname, we'll yeah. be good to go. So if our warriors could comment down what Jackie's nickname should be, let's make it real tough because she deserves it. <laughs> With that being said, Showtime, very excited to have you. Welcome to the platform. Why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got started in crypto? Thanks so much for having me. Boy, that was uh, quite an intro. I feel like I'm on a game show. <laughs> that <laughs> I was like great. It. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with everybody. Um, like I said before we start, it's great to see another woman in crypto because there's not too many of you. Um, so it's great to see everybody. Yeah, I got started. You know, I was always an entrepreneur at heart. Um, when I went through college, I was going to get my uh, degree in information systems. And I thought, you know, I want to get that IT experience, but <clears throat> I don't really want to go work for somebody, even at that age. Yeah. Had my own computer repair business that did really well. I became eventually a um, information systems uh, analyst, worked for government for five years and uh, just was always an entrepreneur. So. I wanted to work for myself. I didn't like being chained down to a nine to five kind of paycheck sort of lifestyle. So created uh, my own e-commerce brand that did very well. And I got really into at some point, a couple of years, I'd say about four or five years ago, got really into precious metals and read Mike Maloney's book, um, Investing in Gold and Silver. And big silver guy, owned a lot of physical silver and, uh, you know, I always knew about cryptocurrency. I actually tried to mine it early on in uh, my job. And I, I realized I should have just been buying Bitcoin instead of trying to mine it. But um, I knew about cryptocurrency and I said, you know what, if there's a way that I could trade crypto and use that profit to buy my silver, I don't have to use, you know, my actual cash. Of course, when I got into crypto, I got bit by the XRP bug. I realized that crypto is far bigger than I even realized. And, uh, you know, eventually discovered passive income, um, economies of scale. I said, how do I grow this into something really big? Just started talking about it. I was just sharing things that were on my mind, sharing things that I was thinking about in the space, things that were interesting to me. People said, hey, why don't you 
started YouTube. And so here we are today. I love it. And I love that how like-minded we are, right? Whether it comes to the fasting and the taking care of yourself or the not being wanted to chain down to a nine to five, we all came into the Warrior Academy with that same mindset. And with that being said, I'd love to start with the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index the same way that we always do. So today we're showing a 28 on the Fear and Greed Index. We're in moderate fear. We've, we've emerged out of that extreme fear range. And typically we look at these ranges and we say these are possible levels for accumulation. When we see extreme fear, that's a great opportunity for us to address the market. We don't like to buy in when people are super optimistic because the correlation between the top of the, mar the market and optimism, it's, it's uncanny. So I'd love to go to Jackie and just get some comments on Bitcoin and the rest of the market. How do you feel this morning? Is there anything that sticks out to you? Um, yeah, I was actually just looking at some charts this morning. Nothing really sticks out to me too much. I, I think, uh, last time I was on, we just discussed those ranges, um, that we'll be trading in. It's good to, it was good to see, you know, us get back into that, um, up above that 40 K level. What are we at right now? I haven't even checked. Uh, today we're sitting at, yeah, we can hop right into it. So market cap is 1.7 trillion with Bitcoin at 42% dominance. Bitcoin's sitting just above 39,000 at 39,200. Ethereum is at 2,500. We have XRP sitting in the 72 cent range. Cardano just below 80 cents. That sticks out to me. I mean, that's a very big price dip just from where we saw it a few months ago. And then we'll always talk about CRO as well. So we've got Kronos sitting at 38 cents today. Yeah, and, awesome. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to mention HBAR. A lot of our listeners love HBAR. So I wanted to throw that in there as well. But Jackie, I remember you mentioning the $42,000 range. We went right up to that level the other day mm -hmm. before we capitulated and came back down to this $39,000 number. Is that significant to you or is that just continued price action? Are you bullish or bearish in the short term? Gosh, I never like to give my opinion of like bullish or bearish because I think we're just, I don't know. So many people are, are waiting and on edge of their seats. For me, I'm just kind of taking it day by day, seeing where we're at. Um, yeah. This 39 40 to 42. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just seeing where we go from there. Uh, if we can get back up above 42, that's kind of where I'm looking at. And then, um, you know, kind of training, trading in that range from 42 to 46, 47, that's kind of where I believe that we'll consolidate for a little bit. If we are still, you know, expecting to see something happen, um, which would be good for all coins anyway. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not super, um, favored one way or the other. I'm kind of just taking it day by day, seeing what, seeing what it gives me, you know, seeing what the market gives. I'm, I'm too exhausted at this point from being <laughs> back and forth. So, you know, that's where I kind of just sit back and I'm just like, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. totally agree. And with there's, there's so many narratives, we could really go either direction. Showtime. Is there anything in particular that you're watching right now? How do you feel about the market in general without going into price action? Just what's your sentiment? I, I'm kind of with Jackie. I, I, I kind of feel like the market doesn't really know what it wants to do right now. You know, uh, we crashed during the Super Bowl, then we come back up and then the market's really unsure about the executive order again, yep. you know, just like we're going to really, really, really regulate it this time. Right? <laughs> yep. And then the market sees that it's we'll get into that. I know, but it, um, it, it was kind of positive. So then the market reacts. Now it's kind of pulling back. So just to me, we're just wobbling in this range. I just don't think we really know what we want to do yet. Exactly. And I feel like during these times of uncertainty, we always address the market. We, we have a dollar cost averaging philosophy where we continue to stick to our, our accumulation strategy and then we stick to our exit strategy. So we're not swayed by headlines because we know there's always going to be a narrative of fear, whether it's the C-19 stuff or it's the Russian agenda or it's the VAX agenda. 
there's always going to be something that people are afraid of. And it seems like cyber attacks are going to be the next narrative emerging right now. But with that being said, I'd love to hear Mario's comments before we hop into our first article. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aligned with Jackie and Showtime. It's, it's just it, the market feels very uncertain of where it wants to go and it's still confusing. So for those people that are trying to time it to go down or time it to go up, it's going to be, at, at least for me, I see it being very difficult. I'm personally just not taking any any expectations of it going down and up. I'm just taking, you know, each day as it comes and just playing playing my plan as, as I have it in my head and it, we'll see what happens. Yep. And price action aside, I think what we're seeing right now is institutions and federal governments are starting to at least address this technology, whereas before they were just totally put it to the side. It can be JP Morgan, BlackRock, or just the Federal Reserve. They're being forced to address this stuff because the dollar's collapsing. And we're seeing third world countries, whether it's Lebanon, Iran, Russia, all their currencies are imploding. And that directly affects the value of the U.S. dollar. So with that being said, I'd love to hop into our first article. And we're going to address the executive order. Crypto industry welcomes Biden's executive order. As an expert says, it's about as good as we could ask for. The federal government viewing cryptocurrency as a legitimate, serious, and important part of the economy and society. The order is the first ever whole-of-government approach to addressing the risks and harnessing the potential benefits of digital assets and their underlying technology. This is something we've been talking about in our community for, it starts with Coach JV, and he's been talking about this for years. We've been waiting for this adoption and for them to address these things. And I think behind the scenes, there's been a lot of lit uh, litigation and documents that have emerged to the surface where we knew this was on the horizon. So I'll go to Showtime first. What are your thoughts on a central bank digital currency overall and the role that the Federal Reserve is going to play in having to bring that technology in? Well, look, we were told that we would own nothing and be happy. Yep. Okay, we were told that before. And I just think CBDCs, central bank digital coins or currencies, is just a part of that plan. You know, and uh, I think we... It was not by mistake that we saw China lead the way with that. I think, um, you know, the U.S. is sort of, to me right now, um, like a very vicious dog that doesn't really have a lot of teeth. You know, we make a lot of noise. We, we do a lot of barking. But I think on the world stage, I don't really view the U.S. much of a superpower. I think China is kind of the new superpower, you know, good or bad. Um, there, there's maybe pros and cons on each side. But. I think we are following in their footsteps on purpose. We are looking to be the followers and not the leaders. We're not looking to be the innovators. Um, I think if we were looking to be the innovators, we would have um, legalized and allowed the laws to conform around crypto a very long time ago. Um, you know, we've led the world for so long. I think either whether it's on purpose or not, I think it's a little bit more pre-engineered. And by design, we are kind of giving up that throne. So I just think when I when I look at CBDCs, to me, it's like, you know, um, one day you will have this digital coin. A lot of money is digital now, but it will be a blockchain based currency where you'll be tracked, taxed, the whole shoot and match just kind of automatically. Um, you know, it was said that we were years and years off. But, you know, Hegelian dialectic, I just think we're reacting to, uh, you know, what has already been pre-engineered. And I love that you brought up Agenda 2030, right? So just for our viewers, what he's addressing is Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum put out this agenda talking about how by 2030, everybody will own nothing and like it. You will rent your home. You'll rent your car. It'll be a community-based system. And obviously, we don't agree with that as people who are independent and want to support ourselves. We don't want to rely on any institution or government to fund us <laughs> and buy my car and buy my house. I'd like to own my property so I have that right. Jackie, we'll go to you next. What are your thoughts on a CBDC and what's taking place right now? Yeah, I really liked um, what Showtime had said. Uh, I definitely believe that that is the case uh, as far as uh, U.S. being 
the world superpower. Um, you know, you've being on top for so long and then that's everyone's nipping at your heels. And if you're not, if you're not continually, um, trying to keep that first place spot, you know, we kind of get in a bubble here in the U S cause we have everything we need at our fingertips and we're not, um, I just, I, I firmly believe that that is going to happen, uh, that we will just continue to follow what, what China's doing. And so I do believe that they will, uh, become superpower if they're not already. Um, as far as the CBDCs also, uh, that, yeah, right along with what Showtime was saying, that's just another, you know, further along to push, uh, control, um, among, you know, all of us here at the bottom, um, you know, it's, it's almost, it's, it's never enough for, you know, the governments as far as taxing, how far they are right now. Um, it just has to be taken one step further. It's all about control. Um, so I totally agree. And when we look at the documents for the framework they want to set a CBD in, they want to define what's an essential good and what's an inessential good. So they want to control what consumers are purchasing. Showtime, I know you have a ton of information on this type of stuff. Would you like to comment really quickly before we move on? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think we are kind of the new resource people. And I think we are the resource that is trying to be controlled. Um, you know, there's there's a fine line between freedom and tyranny. And um, it's very easy sometimes, I think, to blur those lines. And, you know, there's all sorts of opinions about what's been going on the last few years. But the bottom line is the government has more control now than they've ever have. And we're more okay with it now than we've ever been. So um, the way I look at it is once you give an inch, you give a foot, you may as well give the whole thing because the way I look at it is that's what they're going for. A great example of that as well is what happened in 2020, right? When they first began, people were hesitant to wear masks and comply. But after just two weeks, everybody was more than willing to stay in their homes and not interact with people anymore. So we saw how quickly the narrative can shift against the retail investor. It hurts us and it doesn't work in our favor. Mario, would you like to comment before we hop into our next article? Yeah, I mean, I'll just reiterate what everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, what Jackie and Showtime have already said. It's it's about It's about control. And with, with the blockchain, they're just going to have more control, um, you know? So yeah, there's nothing we can, I mean, there's a lot we can do, but unfortunately that's the narrative. And I think that's where we're headed anyway. Yep. And this executive, executive order is just another step in that direction. So we're going to show you a quote from the Circle CEO, Jeremy Allaire, and he's addressing the executive order. And he says, a big piece of what this executive order does is it orders federal agencies to get smart, get educated, do the work, and understand this because of its importance. There's been almost an arrogance around cryptocurrencies where people were, when I say people, I mean the federal government was dismissive of this technology, whether it was the fake narratives about money laundering or nefarious activity that's taking place on these blockchains. You know where the most nefarious activity takes? It's in fiat currency. And the fiat currency's value is, is in a totally opposite trajectory than crypto. So I'd love to go to Showtime first and just get some comments. I know you thought that was funny. So please let us know what you're thinking. It, it is really funny because um, you have for decades, okay, um, the U.S. dollar, which has been used to commit more crimes than probably any currency that has ever been created. And of course, when the people figure out a system now, whether it's the people that figured this out or some entity, we can debate that, of course. But nonetheless, I'll just say when the people figured out a solution to create our own currency, all of a sudden that currency that represents freedom, that represents the person, the everyday kind of, uh, you know, person that's just trying to get ahead and 
you know, in a rigged system, that of course is the bad thing, right? And, you, and then you have the CFTC and the SEC can't even agree, right? So I, I do think that it does need to be regulated, but just know where regulation goes. I mean, you know, do you really want that high XRP price, for example? I mean, I know we all do, but just know that those things will come at a cost. Can you be a little more specific? Because I totally agree. Can you break down exactly what has to take place for that XRP price to get to where everyone's anticipating it going? Well, it has to be adopted on a large scale, right? And if it's adopted on a large scale, what's going on in the world? That's causing that to happen. You know, yep. problem, reaction, solution. Yep. They already have the solution. They're creating the problem so that they can react to it, right? So I, I sometimes I, I, I joke. I mean, in all seriousness, I'll, I'll joke with some people I know. It's like, I don't know if I want to live in a world where XRP is $100, just as an example, because that means that you're living in, in kind of a bad world. And I always tell people, if your silver is $500, you might not want to live in that kind of world to just know, just know where regulation leads us. Regulation does. It, it's a good thing for the space, but just know that's going to, like we just talked about, hand over a lot of controls going to move us into a blockchain world, a metaverse world. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of that now. And so just ask yourself if that's really the world you want to live in. Sometimes we don't have a choice and we may not have a choice, frankly. And it's very interesting what's happening with the SEC case, right? It's They could have chosen any cryptocurrency in the entire industry, but they chose the one that was abiding by their regulations, meeting with them on a bi-monthly basis for years and years and years. And then they attacked that company. So it's I think we very much agree that this is a scripted problem, reaction, solution situation where they're driving us into a digital economy and Ripple's going to play a huge part. But again, what does that mean for the fiat system? In the beginning of the Ripple, when I first got into Ripple, they used to talk about the phoenix rising from the ashes. And we had previously talked about this as well. Well, what does that mean? It means the fiat system has to crash and burn. And so we may be witnessing the beginning of that catalyst now. Mario, I'd love to go to you next. What are some of your thoughts? I think I think it's inevitably. I mean, we can see what's happening. There's this constant push for for going, you know, metaverse, like Showtime mentioned. And I think it's important. I mean, we're here. We 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 see what's we see the shift. We see the narrative. Um, but we also can take decisions for ourselves and for our family. I think we can. It's important to know that, although that's what they want us to be pushed towards, and we don't really have a way to prevent it. At least we can. Uh, and I'm trying to say this correctly, we can adapt our situation and our family so that we're positioned correctly and we're able to benefit in the way that's going to change our future, if that makes sense. And that's what I've been looking at as far as, you know, being invested in in blockchain. I mean, I do love crypto. I do love the technology and me being a technical guy. I I just I love all things computer and tech related. But 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 yeah, it's important to stay grounded. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and we've, we're seeing a lot of this shift happen right before our eyes. Jackie, do you have any comments on this? Yeah, just uh, to kind of follow up with what Mario was saying, you know, um, we're such we're such little guys in like this the, the world scheme of things, you know. Um, how you, everyone says like, how can I make a difference? I do believe that you know we could all make a difference if we combine forces and things like that. But I, that all comes with with swimming with the whales and learning, you know, what's actually going on behind the scenes and taking control of emotion and kind of how you're going to strategically play your next move. So those, you know, those types of things, it's so good to be surrounded um, by people in this, this type of community to be able to protect ourselves against that, protect our families against that. And kind of, you know, like I said, it's, it's almost like a chess game. You're looking, you're looking at what they're doing, what they're, 
saying, doing, and then what their might next move might be. And we're kind of, you know, swaying and moving against that. So, so yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of our, our place in time right now. And our biggest advantage is having the awareness of what's taking place right now, because then we're able to invest in some of the infrastructure opportunities we address as important, right? Because it is a guessing game. We all talk about Ripple XRP and the infrastructure of this new banking system, whether it's XLM, Algorand, IOTA, HBAR, Quant, all of these different projects will, will play a role. Showtime, I know you have a ton of experience in this, and I was watching one of your videos where you talked about how the elites price retail out of certain hedge funds in certain markets and don't allow us to get into this opportunity. So why do you think they would let us have the opportunity to invest in something like XRP? Could it be a little misdirection? Or do you think it is the correct investment opportunity in the long term? That's interesting because I've often thought of that. Why? Because, you know, I, I have my own kind of sneaking suspicions about who really created Bitcoin. Okay. I don't think yep. it was just some random Satoshi Nakamoto person in <laughs> Asia. I think that's what they want you to think. I think... Mm -hmm. Um, Occam's razor is probably the answer. The most simplest mm -hmm. answer is probably what it actually is. So I've often thought about why did they allow that to happen? And I think they need adoption. I think they need people to be kind of, I want to be careful how I say this, but like, <laughs> you know, um, you know, there used to be a word called useful idiots. And it's not that we are idiots, but they kind of needed people to push this agenda for them. The I'm easiest way to implement something <laughs> like this. I'm sorry. I, I'm just teasing you. I said, I'm offended. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm, calling, I'm calling myself that too, right? <laughs> We're all useful idiots. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, it's like in things like that, in disruption, there's opportunity, right? And I always, people will say, how could you invest in, you know, the mark of the beast system and this evil yep. type of thing? And I always say, like, do you not want to have a say in your own future? Right? Yep. I mean, do you not? There's always opportunity. And this is an opportunity. So I always look at it like, why would they allow it? I think they just needed adoption. I think it's far easier to allow the people to push it on the other people than it is for the government to come in with and crack down with this whole new system and say, oh, yeah, see, I remember blockchain. I was involved in that for five, six years, and I did really well. And so, no, it's okay. It's okay. See, so they need kind of, I think, a little bit more of a, an adoption, you know, from the people uh, before they can push it on you. Yeah, they're inching us towards where we're inevitably going to be, which is a central bank digital currency system, which is, mm -hmm. it's very disappointing for people like us. But at the same time, if that's what's going to happen, we can't change that. So we may as well invest in the infrastructure and benefit so that we can free our families financially and have the personal freedom to do what we like. I know none of us are in corporate America, so we're already benefiting off this blockchain system. But as that continues to develop, there's only going to be more and more opportunities. And what happens when a Ripple uh, XRP coin reaches $100? is that that's when they'll pump it out to retail as a safe investment. When, when XRP is $10, $20, whatever the number is that is well beyond where it is now, that's when it'll be considered safe and they'll put it on CNBC and they'll put it on Fox News and CNN and all these different networks saying, it's a great opportunity and anybody who wants to get involved, there's, this is the way to get rich, which is never how you want to approach an investment. So I'd like to get some closing comments from Mario and then we'll keep the ball rolling. Yeah, there's a really interesting, now that you mentioned that, there's a really interesting uh, image that, you know, goes around Twitter every so often, which is like, you see two lines and then you have XRP at 70 cents and there's like one person in line and then you have XRP at $10 and you have like a big yeah. line of people queuing up to buy it. And it, it's perfect. You nailed it. That's it. That's when they want, that's a, when they want the retails to be buying so that essentially they could be dumping. That's what we see happen all the time. Yep. And we're seeing all this take place right now. So I'd love to hop into our next article. Biden pushes the U.S. on central bank digital currencies in a sweeping executive order. So 
we're still addressing the same executive order, but we're taking a different approach here where we're looking at China already using and adopting this technology. China's CBDC efforts are in its final stages with multiple pilots cited and have been tested. And currently, right now, the Chinese yuan, the US, I mean, the CBDC, was used at the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. So they're not only testing it, they're using a lot of this technology. And we're only in 2022. So we've always talked about 2025 being that next bull runner, massive push for cryptocurrency. But that might not be what takes place. These narratives could be slowly building and it could be an accumulation process of the adoption of this technology. So before I continue with this article, Showtime, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what's taking place in China and how the U.S. is supposed to compete with with these competing currencies, these new currencies. Yeah, I don't uh, think that the petrodollar is around. It's not going to be around much longer, I should say. I think mm -hmm. with and this taking it in a little bit of a different direction, but I'll come yep. back with the rising prices of oil. Um, gas prices will keep going up, keep going up. And I think that's by design as a pre-engineered collapse of the U.S. petrodollar. Move everybody to electric, move everybody to a different currency. Look at how China is already innovating. I mean, I'm playing the narrative here. Look at yep. how far ahead they are. I think China will come out and probably create some sort of peace deal with what's going on right now with two countries. Yep. And I think that we are setting the stage for China to kind of rise up and make these moves. And it's all pre-engineered. And I, it's not by mistake that they had the digital one. I, I saw a test pilot of it when I first got in crypto a couple of years ago. Right. So, um, you know, that's just the direction we're going. I, I think the world reserve currency will be a basket of currencies. Um, I think the digital one will be a big part of it. And it will be sold to you as um, bringing everybody kind of underneath the fold. So, Instead of having just the U.S. dollar, you're going to have the opportunity for everybody to get ahead. It's going to be all of these different currencies, and this is how it's going to work. And, uh, you know, our standard of living will be dramatically impacted. I find it fascinating that we're allowing these sanctions to push Russia and China closer together. We covered this earlier in the week where we said Russia is moving a lot of their credit system over to the Chinese banks and to the Chinese currency because they're moving away from the dollar and they're being forced to do so. It's been 25 years of sanctions. And now we really hit them with the home run. So it's the catalyst they need to get the hell out of there. And, and that's just how I feel. So I'd love to go to Jackie next. Jackie, how do you feel about China having a central bank digital currency already functioning in 2022? Yeah, I again, I have to agree with Showtime. That, that was kind of a narrative that um, I believe for a while that, you know, the the stage is going to be set for China to kind of come up and take power. And so that's, I mean, I believe the same thing that it, it was you know, all by design that they were kind of the first on it. And, you know, the U.S. has just taken their sweet time. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, whether, whether, I mean, you can't get upset about it or emotional about, about that because that's, it's, it's just what's going to happen, what they have put in into play. Yep. And it's like JV always says, know the game so you can't be played. Right. right. And right. I'm, we're getting a lot of comments about silver. So I'd love to hear your opinion, Showtime, on how silver might play into this new basket of, of global currencies or if it's going to be totally separate. It, that kind of goes back to, you know, why are they allowing us to invest in blockchain, right? With blockchain being that future. Um, it, it's, it's hard to say because I know of nothing more manipulated than gold and silver. Um, I know we know what the real price is. Well, we don't know for sure, but it's definitely not worth two grand and what, $25, something like that. Yeah. So whether they'll allow silver, I think the question is, are they going to allow it? Because a lot of people hold silver and there's a lot of people that hold a lot of silver as a hedge. Are they going to allow those people to get 
really wealthy based off of that. It's hard to say. Um, you know, I, I do believe that gold and silver will be allowed on some level. We're seeing a narrative play out right now in Russia with gold, their gold reserves, yeah. their gold holdings. Um, you know, so it, it's very difficult to kind of say what's going to happen. But I do think that you want to own gold and you want to own silver, whether it's a bartering tool, um, whether it go, actually goes up in price and they allow it at some point. Um, I think will be determined, but I do think that um, that's a hedge. I'm all about de-dollarizing personally. Yeah. I'm about getting out of the U.S. dollar. I'm about, you know, as you know, passive income, cash flow, and hedges, real physical things, land, gold, silver, blockchain, food, water, shelter, all that kind of stuff. So I, I whether it actually becomes part of the basket or not, I would say um, we should probably own precious metals anyway as a hedge. And our, our main man, Johnny Crypto, who he didn't get to join us today, but I know you'd love his comments, Showtime. He totally agrees. He's always harping on me about the value of gold in the old uh, asset system and in the new digital currency system because it's going to play its role. And I'd love to give a shout out to Waters Above Crypto, who's joining our live stream today. We're super excited that you're watching and we want to send much love to our fellow listeners. So that being said, I'd love to go into this next quote. Biden set clear directives and set a schedule within 120 to 210 days for various federal agencies to coordinate their efforts, produce reports and recommendations for regulation and policy on a broad swath of digital assets, including central bank digital currencies, digital finance, and stablecoins. They want to have strict regulations and standards for each of these industries. And I actually think it's not only is it inevitable, but it could actually end up being a good thing for the people who have been here in the long term from a price appreciation standpoint. I do not like the fact that the, the government is going to have their hands involved in this new digital asset class, but it doesn't seem like there's any other way around it. And I know that we've addressed this before, but no defender, I'd like to go to you first. We were anticipating this a long time and we've talked about this, but to see this finally happening, it's very eye-opening. What are some of your thoughts? Well, I was just, I was just thinking, and you know, at the time that I got into crypto back in 2017, what kind of set the stage for, for the bear market in January was was the news. Uh, well, one of the things that set the stage was the news of China coming out and banning crypto. And we saw that come out time and time again, where China just kept banning crypto. And to me, it just, I mean, look at what they were doing. And they were banning crypto constantly. And then in the background, they were creating this CBDC. So, so they saw the potential, they saw the control, and now they rolled out this, uh, and we all know that what China is about and the power that they have. So coming out with their own CBDC is just something that makes sense. And and it, it's just, it just serves to, for people to be aware, you know, every time that you hear like, oh, we're banning crypto, it's like, like Showtime said, you know, problem, reaction, solution. Of course. And it reminds me of last summer when Basel 3 came out and we re we found this crazy statistic. It was very eye-opening for every real tangible piece of physical silver or gold that's in the banking system. There is a hundred pieces of paper that are equivalents that hold no real value. So for every piece of gold in the banking system, there is a hundred paper slips that hold equivalent value. So I found that to be so interesting and it shows how inflated and manipulated the entire thing, not inflated, deflated the whole thing is. So Jackie, I'd like to go to you next. What are some of your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Mario's uh, comments. And and showtimes as well. I know I'm I'm just agreeable today. Uh, I don't really have very good insights. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, but um, that definitely any any type of hedge you can take and and it's isn't that just sickening? You know the yeah. it is that deflated and I mean I I find myself constantly. I mean I'm looking at numbers on a screen. I'm watching things flash and I just I can't even comprehend like 
none of it's real. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is, I don't know. I just constantly, I like that macro uh, viewpoint that Mario was discussing, you know, um, you have to keep that in mind. I mean, so many people get sucked into the day-to-day uh, news and the day-to-day price action. And it's just, you have to consider exactly, exactly what Mario was saying. They're flip-flopping, you know, every two to three days. It, it, it honestly feels like, I I mean, the, the longer I've been in, in this um, game or in this this world, I guess you would say it, it seems like, I know. Yeah. It seems like the news <laughs> that comes out. Um, it, it's like in a shorter span of time, it's positive to negative. I feel like, I feel like back maybe almost a year, a year and a half ago, you know, it was like a week and then maybe two, three, four weeks later, there was a negative and then it was positive two, three, four weeks. Now it's, I feel like it's like every two to three days is like negative, then positive, negative, then positive. I feel like I'm getting whiplash from, from everything <laughs> coming out, but that's exactly, I mean, I have to agree with Mario on that. Like that just from a good, um, healthy, emotional standpoint and just mentality as well, you have to zoom mm-hmm. out and exactly what we've been seeing. You know, there's negative aspects that come out, but here they are behind the scenes creating a CBDC and they've been doing that for so long. Um, so so whenever, you know, we get a negative sentiment, it's it's so I don't know. Now, once you've been in the game for a while, you kind of start to see and pull yourself out of that day to day mindset to look at like, you know, the grand scheme of things. They've been looking into this for a while. It's, you know. Yep. Yes. And uh, what 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 Jackie was just saying, and I guess what I was trying to say before is that the space can be very toxic, because if you're if you're drawn in and and you, you're anticipating this price action because you're trying to change your life, which is a really nice thing to do, right? But it, you're you're drawn into the space and you're looking at the news and it's like you've heard all these stories about these people that became overnight millionaires, and then all of a sudden you're waiting for that one piece of news that's going to spark things up and it's going to make you an instant millionaire overnight. And it's really important to realize that that doesn't happen all the time. It actually rarely happens. And if you're, if you're going to come in, you need to come in with an investor mindset of, you know, invest in things that you feel are technologies that are going to be predominant for the future and then just be patient. I feel the same way. And it's like, we always talk about at the three, two warrior Academy. We're a mindset first company. The best way to navigate the market is to not be swayed by news news lines and narratives, because there's always going to be a narrative of fear. We've realized that over the past two years. And it seems like there's a large portion of the population that's very accepting of that and almost enjoys that process of feeling like there's this imminent danger right on the edge. It could be a crypto attack, a war, a disease. It doesn't make a difference. So the most important thing is finding that community and finding that stable mindset where you're not swayed by certain narratives because all narratives come and go. And if, as long as you understand what you hold and the real utility of these currencies, you understand the value. I'd love to go to Showtime one more time because we brought up the Basel three and the gold about how there's a hundred paper slips for every physical tangible piece of gold in the banking system. I'm sure you're familiar with that statistic. Why don't you give us some insight of what you think that is and kind of what we can expect from gold and silver during a time of this drastic change to digital finance? It's crazy. I, I when I first got into gold and silver, I couldn't believe how heavily manipulated it is. I can't, still can't believe it today. You know, the more manipulated something is, I always ask myself the question: Why? Why are they trying so hard to manipulate certain assets? You know, and um, I think, you know, I, I look at things kind of as a contrarian. I always look at things a little bit differently than than those people. I'm, you know, most people would say, well, that's really manipulated. Why would you want to buy that? I want to buy it because it is manipulated. They're doing that for a reason. They're holding it down so long 
like I think they're doing with the crypto market, you know, yep. maybe not, not to the same degree, of course, but they are certainly doing it to the crypto market. I look at these things, I'm thinking, you know, who are they holding it down for, right? Who's trying to get in? And I always, sometimes I look at blockchain that way. And I, I think that's kind of, I, personally, I believe things like land, things like precious metals, things like cryptocurrencies, hedges against the US dollar. I think that's what a lot of these elites are piling into to mm. move into the next system. I think it's a transport mechanism, if nothing else. Okay. And so I, I look at those things and I say, you know, look, um, we're going to get into this, I know, but smart money owns these things. I want to shade, you know, smart money. I do agree with what a lot of you guys are saying too. And, and you know, I think we need to be more prepared now than ever, um, you know, to deal with what's happening. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all, like I said, I'm all about de-dollarizing yourself. I think this is the time to do it. If you can get land, consider getting land. If you can make a move, consider making a move. I think time is of the essence, but I think a key thing too is to enjoy time with your family and loved ones as well. You know, don't continue to constantly being in a negative mindset. That's something I really agreed with you guys, what you guys are saying. You know, you never know. This this day right now could be looked back on someday, believe it or not, as peak humanity before things get really bad. And uh, we might, in just a year or two from now, look back on this time as kind of like the good old days, you know? So, <laughs> yep. You know, I, it's one of those things, it's so easy, and, and we can even go into the fitness part of this to get sidetracked, right? You have a plan, you know where you're going, but you get distracted, you be, you get brought down in fear, you get sidetracked, and all of a sudden emotions come up, and when emotions come up, they may be there to protect you, but they don't generally serve as a good guidance to make, um, you know, very wise decisions. And it's, I love that you brought that up because in my opinion, the only thing that truly exists is that feeling of love, right? If you're able to stay in that frequency and vibration, that's the most valuable thing you can provide. And the money is a mechanism of control, right? Because if you have financial freedom, you can control and dictate your reality. So the finance only plays a role in adding to the love, but the love is actually the only asset that matters. And so uh, with that being said, I'd love to hear some comments from the group on just mindset and how we're not focused on finance, but we're focused on freedom. Me to go first? Yes. Yeah, I we, we nailed it. And this is this is like I feel like for the people that have been getting too deep into crypto, this is like the perfect topic to, to talk about because you know I'm sure at some point in our in our crypto experience, we got to the point where we were too deep, where it was consuming us, and you know, it was taking time uh, away from the, the important things that really matter, like Showtime just mentioned, you know, spending time with family and Although we think that we may be doing th things for the right reason sometimes, we just get too consumed. And yeah, just take a broader perspective. Just, you know, you you have to be sure in what you do of, of what you're doing. If you're investing in, in these cryptocurrencies, you need to sleep well at night. So in, invest in cryptocurrencies that you've done your research, you know that they're going to do well. You're not investing in these, um, you know, pump and dump, meme coin, cryptocurrencies, fake node projects, DeFi as a service, whatever, whatever it is, just because you've seen a lot of people just 10x their money. You really got to do if you want to sleep well at night and, you know, be be with your family and and be present. You really got to just take that different perspective and, and, and investor mindset. I love that. Jackie, I'd like to hear some comments. Yeah. Um, one of the big things that always comes into my mind whenever I get too sucked into charts or anything is is everything's energy, you know, money's energy. Um, everything is energy and vibration. So if you're, if you're 
staying into that, if you're kind of holding true to that and keeping that mindset of, you know, money is, it's just a tangible item. It's, I mean, it's not even anymore. It's kind of just a number on a screen. So <laughs> if you're able to, <laughs> I can't even say it's tangible. Yeah. <laughs> so to say, you know, to, to keep that in mind, it definitely, you know, it kind of gives you confidence over your mindset, over your emotions. You, you're able to take hold of that uh, and be in a better place, which then in turn, um, you know, you're able to make sound decisions about your investments. You're not, if you're constantly in that lacking mindset, and we talk about this all the time, if you're constantly in that lacking mindset, you're going to be searching out for, for that quick, you know, that quick buck, that quick way to earn, you know, become the next Sheba millionaire, whatever it was. Um, Although that would be so great, but (laughs) no, but yeah, that's, I mean, we, we always discuss that and that's why, that's why it's such a huge, um, I don't know. It's such a great benefit to be a part of a community like the 3T Academy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just saying that, but it is because, you know, you're, you're not only paying attention, you know, to your investments and making good and sound investments, but you're also like paying attention to the macro of your actual life, your health, which is health should be number one. You know, if you guys aren't getting enough sleep, if you're not eating right, then that's where, you know, that's where most of your problems stem, stem from. So yeah, putting that putting that forward number one, then it you know it kind of just trickles down. Has, you brought up a great point, Jackie. Yeah. Too, you said everything is energy, and money is just the same process. Where currency is just a representation of energy, right? It's just an exchange. Right. I mean, the whole means of currency in the beginning was labor allocation. We went from bartering to getting people to do a certain task, and we funneled people into these offices and jobs. Showtime! I'd love to get another comment from you because I know you have a lot to offer. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I really agree with what everybody is saying. I mean, for me, um, money, whether that's business, crypto, you can fill in the blank when it comes to money, your health, the Lord, these are all things that for me personally are very deeply connected to each other. One is connected to the other. And, uh, you know, we are in a space that it's, um, I'll just speak, you know, for a minute from kind of like a lot of the influencer standpoints. And I just, I see a lot of just very, uh, negative stuff. I see a lot of toxicity, a lot of um, uh, uh, ego stroking, things like that. And I think that depicts the wrong message to the people who are getting into this space, who get on social media. Not everybody's on social media in this space, but a lot of people are. And I think we sometimes, not like the people here, but just influencers in general, educators, whatever you want to call them, maybe sometimes we represent the wrong image of what crypto is. Crypto is not an overnight success i mean there have people been people who have bought something and have 100x overnight they are the exception they are not the norm but i do think it's really important to don't operate out of lack operate out of abundance i mean there you know like jackie was saying it's like it you get to a point where you see these numbers and it's just like you just add another decimal to it i mean what is it really it's just a number at the end of the day you know i had once said that i think it's really important to sit down and take inventory of the things you take for granted and really meditate on the things that maybe you take for granted, the things, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's where you live, maybe it's the time you live in, believe it or not. You know, like I said, in another couple of years, we may take it for granted. I think there's a lot of things we take for granted. Take inventory of that, really meditate on that. And uh, like for me, I could just tell you when I got into passive income, that helped a lot for me personally, because I wasn't constantly staring at charts. I wasn't constantly, oh, this is down 5%. It's up 5%. I sell, yes. should I go out? Should I, what should I do? It, it allows me to hold what I'm holding, but still 
have kind of like a little bit more peace about the market just because things can go up, things can go down, passive income can go up and down, but it's fairly steady for the most part. And we actually got a comment I'd love for you to address Showtime. It says, Robert Kinasaki posted on Twitter, governments are about seizing all crypto. Do you think this is possible? I'll go on the record and say no. I'd love to kick it to Showtime so we can give a depth in-depth response. Yeah, I agree a lot with Robert Kiyosaki. He was uh, kind of an early influence on me, but I don't agree with everything that he says. Yeah. Um, it's very hard. It's going to be very difficult to see something that's decentralized. It doesn't mean they can't do it. I don't think they're going to do it. And the reason I don't think they're going to do it is because consider who may have created Bitcoin. Okay? Exactly. Consider how heavily they are manipulating the crypto market. Consider how heavily they are manipulating the precious metal market, as we talked about. I personally believe this is the transport mechanism to allow very wealthy people to get their wealth across into a new system. They are not these people. Okay, are probably likely the ones that control a lot of things that happen. Okay, they're not going to seize their own assets. Um, they might, you know, regulate on ramps, off ramps, things like that to a certain degree. There's ways around that, but I don't think they're going to come and seize. I mean, they really can't technically seize your Bitcoin or your crypto. Right Exactly. So with that being said, uh, we'll hop into our next article. Mainstream hedge funds pour billions of dollars into cryptocurrency. Some of the biggest names in the hedge fund world are betting on crypto. We're seeing massive amounts, dozens of billionaires flooding into this industry, managing portfolios of $250 million. We have Mike Novogratz managing or sorry, $3 billion. It's fascinating how we shifted from anti-crypto to pro-crypto all within just a 24-month period. But I'd love to read this quote before I kick it around the group where it says, Coinbase Global Inc., the largest U.S. crypto exchange, said institutional investors as a whole traded $1.14 trillion of cryptocurrency in 2021, up $120 billion from the year before and more than twice the $535 billion from individual investors. The big boys are here. And I think that's what a lot of us were waiting for because once the big money starts coming in, it validates the industry. It, it, it creates those levels of support where we saw Tesla buying $30,000 Bitcoin. We saw Michael Saylor purchasing an average of $30,000 Bitcoin. Those are price levels where we've seen big buying take place, whether it was last July or last January. So I'd like to go to Mario first. What are some of your thoughts on these billionaires attaching their names to the crypto narrative? It's, it's about time. Yeah. And it, it goes back to the same thing of, you know, what, what I was talking about with China. It's like you, you constantly hear this, this FUD. And you just can't be drawn out by it because if you're doing your research and you're, you're checking these, these uh, technologies and you're understanding what they're trying to accomplish and what they're solving. And now it's gotten to a point where it's even more transparent and you can actually see institutions that are invested in it. And you can see like the big players that are invested in it. And it's just, it's inevitable. I think the crypto space, I mean, I, it's obvious the crypto space is here to stay. Uh, as far as, you know, the statement from Robert Kiyosaki, it, I saw that too. And actually, I remember bringing it up to your attention and I was like, I love Robert Kiyosaki. He's also a big influence in my early stages of self-development, but yep. um, I didn't agree with that one. I, I'm not really sure. I, To be honest, I didn't, didn't feel like a Robert Kiyosaki type of comment, but that's just my opinion. I, I completely agree. And I've read a bunch of Robert Kiyosaki's books and personal development stuff from him, but I totally disagree. I'm not really sure where he came to that conclusion because Showtime brought up a fantastic point. I'm not a big believer that some guy in Japan created this currency and the world adopted it, right? Is it nothing like that has ever happened before? And we go to war over currency mm -hmm. every day. Every day we're battling over the value of the dollar. And we're just going to let this new financial system emerge out of nowhere from a person we don't know. I'd like to go to Jackie first and then we'll kick it to Showtime after that. 
Yeah, that um, I was actually asked by my brother uh, this morning because um, I I handle some of his uh, funds in the crypto market, and so he was he called me up and was kind of worried about that comment from Robert Kiyosaki, and I was just like, don't. He's he's one of those very uh, absorbed into what's going on on a day to day basis, opening up the centralized exchanges and just constantly checking <laughs> the price. <laughs> but no, I just had to laugh too because I was like, well, then. I'll buy, you know, a thousand different ledgers and make it hell for them to find it all, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, no, I, I definitely agree um, with what Mario was saying. I, I, I mean, with both of what you were saying, I don't believe that that is um, going to be the case. I think it'll be, you know, definitely a thorn in the foot to be able to find it all if that was. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And to shift gears back to this article here, I'd love to read two quotes before we go to showtime. It says, head funds are seeing their own investors demand that firms are getting involved. And Wall Street firms haven't established dominant in this industry yet, creating the potential for new opportunities for new players. So again, we're still very early. We've seen all this inflation. But when we look back in 2025, 27, this could be looked at as a prime time for accumulation. And I'm not a huge price action guy, but I understand the utility of the technology. So I'm just looking at it from that viewpoint. Showtime, how do you feel about these firms and, and institutions attaching their name to crypto? Well, it's not new. Okay, I can tell you that. When they come out and tell you, it's only because they want you to know something, right? They want you to know that they're looking at this now. Okay. It's part of a transition phase. Um, you know, Tim Cook came out and said he had owned Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, we know Jack Dorsey is a big Bitcoin proponent. Um, I know Mark Zuckerberg is a big cryptocurrency pr proponent. These people owned crypto long before they were talking about it. They were owning crypto and they were telling you it was a scam. Okay? Yeah. The only scam was them telling you it was a scam. Okay, That's why I always take a contrarian approach because if they're telling me this is manipulated, don't get into it, it's a scam, that's where I want to be. Okay, Because always do the opposite of what these people are telling you. It's like when we were talking earlier, I think in 2017, I – it, it, some sort of news article was it the uh, Jim Cramer telling everybody how to buy XRP? I think it was like <laughs> what three bucks or something like that. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. He was telling you how to buy Ripple. Excuse me. Yeah, like, Ripple. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and was that really the time to buy? No, the time to buy was when he was telling you not to buy it. Right. The time to buy crypto when he was saying, "I'm selling my Bitcoin. I don't want to take Bitcoin as part of my salary anymore. I don't want it." That's the time to get in. So by the time they pile in, by the time they tell you it's quote safe. Yeah, you might make one or two or three percent, you know, maybe a little bit more because they want to use you as exit liquidity. OK, but um, bottom line is those hundred X thousand X moves are gone and they manipulate people in order to pull that off. I totally yeah. agree. And that rolls us right into our next conversation about inflation, where inflation tracked by Bitcoiners keeps accelerating. It hasn't even reached its peak yet. The consumer price index is now expecting to show inflation in February ticks up to eight percent versus a year ago a four decade high. That is unbelievable. We haven't seen levels of inflation like this since the 1980s when the housing market was going up 18 to 20% per year. And we're experiencing a lot of the same things that we were back then. So whether it's oil or the rest of the commodities market, we're, we're going to expect the Federal Reserve to react. So we have a statement here. The Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, said last week he supported a 0.25% increase in short-term interest rates, which would be the first hike since 2018. And honestly, in my opinion, it seems like it's long overdue. We'll go to Jackie first on some of her opinions about the meeting that's happening on March 16th and how she thinks this will affect the markets or just her opinion in general. Yeah, I mean, gosh, 
Definitely. I, I know a lot of people are on the edge of their seats about that, depending on what they come out with. And I, I do believe that that'll create volatility in the market, obviously, whatever, whatever comes out. Um, it's just crazy, guys. Uh, gosh, the inflation right now is just nuts. I mean, as far as gas prices, land, I mean, where I live, uh, I don't know if I should say that on stream now. I'm yeah, don't. We just talked about that before the stream. That's so funny. But it, yeah. I mean, it's nuts. I'm, I, I can't even believe, you know, a lot of people are thinking like, oh, should I sell? You know, three times, I think what people are, have bought their houses at is around this area. It's already up three times. And that was like a year, wow. year and a half ago. It's, it's crazy. So, I mean, I, in my in my opinion, I'm like, man, the bubble has to pop eventually, right? But I just I don't know how long it can keep it can keep drawing out. I'm I'm just baffled. I really am. Yep. And I have another quote I want to read before I go to Mario, and it says the national average price for a pump of regular gasoline soared to a record four point two five dollars right. per gallon. That's the highest ever, and it's up it's up multiple dollars from two dollars and eighty cents just a year ago. But again, I'd like to reiterate, 40% of all U.S. dollars have been printed since March of 2020. That inflation is long overdue, and we're experiencing that now. Mario, please tell us some of your thoughts. Yeah, it's it, it's scary. And, and I think that for us that have been in the space, I mean, we've been seeing this, and we, we knew this was coming. You know, whether we expected now to be going through this, uh, this uh, situation with the two countries and seeing the oil prices go up and, and gas prices go up and just jacking up inflation even more. But I... You know, I've been having this conversation with my employees for, for a while now. You know, I've been telling them, guys, like, you know, hedge against this. Like, you know, take your money, put it into crypto. Like, yeah, I'll give you advice. Like, if you want, you know, if, before you feel comfortable into getting into any project, you know, I'll be happy to help you guys just kind of give you, you know, some some of the cryptos that I'm invested in. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I see it. I mean, my wife goes grocery shopping. It's just getting more and more expensive every time, you know, fill up the gas tank. It used to be 50 bucks for me. Now it's like 25 bucks gets me a quarter <laughs> and yeah. it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And that for the, for the people that aren't aware and that unfortunately aren't able to do anything to kind of hedge themselves against it, it's, it's terrible. And I'm just really grateful that, you know, we were part of this um, academy because it, it kind of, at least for me, it kind of it definitely opened up my eyes to it. I was completely unaware of it before, uh, and by unaware, I mean the narrative, like this whole narrative. So it, it definitely woke me up for that. And uh, I've been able to, you know, hedge myself against it and put me and my family in a better position. So I Which highly okay. recommend everybody to just, you know, do something. <laughs> Don't stay with your arms just sitting down and waiting for something, for some miracle, for government to come in and help you and more stimulus. That's not that's not the solution. No, that's not the answer. And what's so dangerous about the inflation of gas prices is that how, do, how are people getting their goods to the stores, right? This country is run by truckers. We're shipping goods all over the country. And as those prices go up, so does the cost. And I'd love to go to Showtime. Yeah, I mean, I, I can just echo with what you guys said. Um, I read a report, it was just yesterday, that the UN, I think it was back in November, the UN reported that food prices globally had jumped up sharply an average of 20% year over year. Wow. And that's just what we know. I mean, we know it's likely much more than that. But they actually had the U.N. come out and state that food prices globally are up 20 percent year over year. And now you have the biggest grain exporters in the world fighting with one another, you know, looking at potential embargoes and sanctions. Um, you know, Russia and Ukraine combined to produce, I believe it's 25 percent of the world's grain. 
I mean, you know, that's going to have a dramatic impact. And I think Russia is also um, a huge exporter of the world's fertilizer. You know, that's going to make it harder for food to grow in dusty environments. And you need oil for farming equipment. So, you know, all these things are connected. You know, we're looking at major increases in food prices. You know, that will, in a lot of developing nations, lead to civil unrest, which is going to um, lead typically to uprisings, which is going to generally lead to other nations getting involved. So I feel like the conditions right now are super ripe for a lot of these things to really impact people in, um, you know, um, um, first world countries and things like that. And they're just we need to be ready for it. And, you know, we're not even discussing the prices of wheat. You know, what do you think will happen if this mm -hmm. conflict continues? We're not even in growing season yet. Right. So, you know, you remember the essential jobs, right? Like I believe everybody's essential, but you know, what were the essential jobs? They were the ones that we needed in order to survive. So, you know, if you don't work in a job that serves like food, shelter, security, things of that nature, you know, things you actually need, you don't work in a field that contributes to those areas. You're not technically essential on the world geopolitical stage in terms of your, you know, your career or your job. So if you're, you know, not knocking influencer, but if you're in just an influencer that spends his or her time talking about, you know, moon prices or showing yourself uh, in a bikini or something like that, you. That's essential. You know, you might be on the chopping block, right? If you run a business that doesn't serve a critical need, you may be at some point not needed. You know, don't be surprised if mm -hmm. one day they say your services are, are not needed anymore. Uh, I know the CPI index has been changed and altered. There's different um, U.S. economists. Whether you go by cost of living, cost of goods, you know, um, uh, I think the picture is pretty clear. And the real rate of inflation, it's a lagging indicator. We don't know until after something has already been impacted, you know, your wallet, essentially. So I think waiting for a number is likely to just keep going up before making your moves is not wise. So keeping your cash flow, staying ahead of this number while the mass population, I think, just reacts after it's already happened. That's being proactive rather than reactive. So I would just kind of, um, you know, top off what I'm saying. This is a time, I think, to play aggressive offense, not defense. That's beautiful. I love how you tied that together at the end. And I'd love to just throw a quick Brad, Brad Garlinghouse quote in here before we close it out. And it says, first and foremost, this is an affirmation that crypto is here to stay. Thoughtful policy involves timely input from players across the federal government. And I don't think it's mistaken activity for the progress. They're making their steps and they've decided that this is the time to move. Now, we don't fully understand the timeline, but the narratives are lining up perfectly. So Showtime, I'd love to go to you and just tell people where they can find more of your content, where we can drive them and where they can learn more about your stuff. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm on Twitter, Showtime2KX. I'm also uh, on YouTube. <laughs> the is kind of a play on words. I was trying to figure out, you know, what do I call my channel? Well, there's not really a lot of channels focusing on passive income specifically only. So I thought, well, passive income, mm, it's good to be aggressive. How about passive aggressive income? I'll, I'll just go with that, I, like, like the shirt says. So you can find me on YouTube there. And uh, yeah, just uh, love being with you guys here. Definitely should do it again. Uh, you guys are all awesome. And so is your audience. Yes, we had a ton of fun. And I want to say thank you to Jackie and Mario as well. We do this thing daily and we'll be happy to have you again, Showtime. But just to show people, you do a lot of stuff on staking and passive earning opportunities. So if you could just touch upon that really briefly about some of the value you provide so they know what they're getting. Yeah, I think one of the things um, for me, at least this is kind of my outlook on it, is that passive income gives you options, right? 
I hold XRP, I hold XLM, I hold Theta, HBAR, all these really great cryptocurrencies. However, while I'm waiting for them to go up, you know, I have a life to sustain. I have bills to pay. I have people I want to help. I have a church and charities to give to and things like that. So the passive income gives you options. And I think we're in an environment right now where you want options, right? So I've invested in a lot of different passive income opportunities. I'm also looking at things that you can de-risk some of your um, investments into stable coins and earn a yield off of that so that you're really in a non-risk sort of environment. So I'm looking at helping people go from A to B and B to Z. You know, what's your mindset? What's your goals? How do you get there? How do you um, focus on the people you want to help and the things you want to do? Because money, like we said, it's just a number. If you don't have a deeper meaning beyond just the number, then, you know, you might wake up one day and say, I'm not really motivated to do this anymore. That deeper meaning is really what keeps you going, I think. That's awesome. And uh, I just want to take this time to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank our hosts. Uh, I want to thank Abs for doing a great job. Abs is being a little bit, uh, he's getting interrupted a little bit by somebody that came to fix Yeah, so AC. we're unfiltered, so I can tell him. I'm just getting my AC unit fixed. There's a lot of noise going on in the background. That's why I want to pause. I want to say thank you to Showtime. Thank you to Jackie, and thank you to Mario. This was a ton of fun, and I'm sure we'll have you back again for more very valuable discussion. So we'll close it out the same way that we always do. Warriors, rise! Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today.